This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello, everyone. This is the Evil Chocolate Cookie. Late, but here. Years truly lost track of the clock. But we are here with the Thursday edition of the Jeopardy Chronicles, and what a game it was today. This was the third of our new groups of contestants for this portion of Second Chance, which means the finals will start tomorrow, which is kind of exciting. Gotta love the finals. What I'm sure you all don't love is that weekend gap where you're hanging for a couple of days wondering who's going to win the tournament. But anyway, as I was saying, today was one more of a competitive game, my friends. But before we talk about why, let's meet our players. Fortunately, everything I have pronounced this one contestant's name correctly today, even though it's one I'd never seen before, so I can pronounce it. We had Zanny, Mitch, and Raquel were our contestants today. And they all... Wow, they were like right on top of each other for a good chunk of the game. It was it was kind of crazy. Poor Mitch had a nasty run-in with the Daily Double at the first half of the game. I think he kind of blanked out on it. He wagered everything, and I I think he blanked. Because it's one of those things that you know the answer to until you're asked. Kind of situations is what that clue was, so... Yeah, I honestly, I think he blanked. And blanking happens to the best of us. So, yeah. I'm sure even Ken Jennings has blanked a few times. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. If you say something stupid while blanking, I will probably laugh at you. Not because you blanked, but because what you said was funny. But yeah, I I do think this was a case of blanking out. But he didn't let that discourage him, which I highly, highly applaud. Zanny found the other two daily doubles and got herself yelled at twice for crazy wagers in the later half of the game. Fortunately for her, she got them both right. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. But she did manage to make it a runaway because Mitch and Raquel were in there. You know, they were just full steam ahead. Which is what we like to see. We we don't like to see contestants getting left in the dust. But... I mean, runaway games are good and all, but we don't like it when one contestant is just kind of left floundering. And we did not see that today. Everybody, everybody got their hands in, so to speak. And I like that. I feel like the contestants who are left floundering, I feel like by the point, by half, by halfway, if they've just kind of been ditched by the other two and they're so far behind, 
I feel like it damages their self-confidence and makes it harder for them to catch up. And I don't like to see that. I, I like for these contestants to, you know, really get to have fun and really get to enjoy themselves out there. And I feel like with that bad of a blow to their self-confidence, I feel like they might struggle with that. But fortunately, that didn't happen to anybody today. These, these three definitely earned their spot in this tournament. I can say that right here, right now. But... At any rate, Final Jeopardy comes along and everybody gets it right. Even though Zanny added an extra letter to her response, they ruled it as correct. I'm guessing it's a common enough misspelling of what they were looking for that, you know, it was acceptable. But she was the one who ended up advancing. And the other two, let me tell you about the strategy they played that was really brilliant um Raquel was in second place with 11,600 I think it was and Mitch had I think about half of that or something but Mitch got himself up to 11,600 or whatever the number was and Raquel chose not to wager anything I see what they were doing there. They were hoping Zanny would miss the clue and drop enough so that they could force a tiebreaker. Which I think was clever. I, I can appreciate that because some good healthy competition, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm watching these strategies in an attempt to formulate one of my own so that I'm not the person who gets left floundering. Once I get there. I know if my nerves go haywire, I could end up being left floundering anyway, but I'm I'm trying to guard against it because like I've told you all, there's something I want to do once I get there. And for me to do it, I have to win a whole lot of games. So yeah. Oh, and I answered this on Reddit last night, but before we go, I'm going to close out the discussion of today's game. Before we go, there was a question that came up on the subreddit last night that I would like to answer here, too. There was a question about, I think it was Jake Paul that came up last night. And someone on, on Reddit asked, why is it sometimes they will accept a last name and other times they will prompt for more information? And I used presidents as a category. As I used the presidents category as an example when I was answering them. I said, think about it. We had two Roosevelts. We had two Bushes. If someone were to ring in on a clue and simply answer with Roosevelt or Bush, they would be asked for a first name because there was more than one. However, you know, we only had one Truman, one Wilson, etc., etc., So, in that case, you could just give a last name and they'd know who you were talking about. But I kind of wanted to answer that here in case any of you were curious about it, too. And I figured, you know, finishing out the game, I'd answer it, you know, right after. 
But I do realize that I didn't mention all of the duplicated last names among presidents, but I was just using a couple that immediately came to mind. But if there's any doubt of who you could be referring to, they will ask for more information. Someone used the Gershwins as an example. Peyton and Eli Manning as an example. Um, Venus and Serena Williams would be a good example of something like that. Whereas, if they were to ask you about, say, Freddie Mercury, there's really only one person with that name. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that fits in. I wanted, to, I wanted to take a minute to talk about that while we were here. It didn't seem like enough to merit a strategy corner episode when we were still doing those, but it, it really it didn't need to be talked about. So with that, with that out of the way, I'm already up past my bedtime, as probably are some of you who are waiting for this to drop. But I'm going to go ahead and sign this out for the night. I will see you folks tomorrow when we will have game one of the finals. And as always, I want to say good night. Thank you for listening. And as Alex would say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.